Milo Vonnen, and welcome to 10CBF, a podcast for blended families. I'm your host, Joel W. Hallbaker, and I'm thankful that you're here. Each week on the show, I'll be bringing you expert interviews to encourage and inspire your blended family, along with some special episodes thrown in from time to time. If you like what you hear, please leave a rating review on iTunes or whatever platform you use. In the meantime, be ready to listen, laugh, and learn, and maybe even take a few notes. Ready for this week's interview? Then let's jump in. Milo Vaughn and everybody, and welcome back to another episode of 10CBF, a podcast for blended families. I'm really, really excited to talk with you guys tonight because I have an excellent uh, couple on to be interviewed today, Scott and Mindy Harden. They've been together for 10 years this month at the time of the recording. They've been married for six and a half. We were talking ahead of time. They got married um, just a month before my wife and I. So uh, congratulations to you guys. Scott is a software engineer. He's been at Intel for 25 years. Uh, Mindy is a 20-year entrepreneur and inventor of the popular children's product, Boogie Wipes, which I went and actually looked up because I just love the name because I'm secretly 12. So that was fantastic. Um, Scott brought two girls and a boy to the marriage. Mindy brought two boys and a girl, very, very Brady. Uh, the kids are currently, please just, oh my goodness. The kids are currently 18, 17, 15, 15, 13, and 12. Sweet heavens above. They rely on Jesus, coffee, exercise, and the Sunday afternoon nap fold, which I'm very excited to ask you guys about later in this interview. Um, so Scott and Mindy, thank you so much for coming on the show. I'm thrilled to be talking with you guys and I look forward to learning more about your story, your ministry, and the way that you guys go about helping blended families. Thank you for having us. Yeah, anytime you go uh, through anything in life, it's, it's a joy to be able to share what you learned and what you experienced and the tools that you adapted to, to help others. Yeah. You know, God brings us through these trials, even though we, you know, made the mistake before we knew him or not, right? But, um, you know, he, he redeems us. And part mm-hmm. of that the redemption is being able to share that with others so that they can, you know, really break the cycle, you know. Yeah, absolutely. So I read your, uh, I read your bio, obviously, but um, can you guys tell us uh, kind of a summary of your blended family experience or story? And then also tell us a bit about your professional work with blended families your ministry uh it was a dark and stormy night nice i love this Um, (laughs) opening that's great (laughs) it actually was dark and stormy um i had gone through a really you know a a, i don't know a great divorce a tough divorce um (laughs) as had scott and um (laughs) You know, I was actually at, at quite a low. I was bankrupt at the time. I'd had a business that went south and, um, you know, and, and really just kind of at a low point and um, had been a, a single mom for about a year or so. And then um, Scott and I actually met. That's a funny story, <laughs> probably for another podcast. Um, but Scott and I actually met through a mutual friend, <laughs> otherwise known as his kid's mom. Nice. So, yeah, so she uh, she introduced uh, the idea of the two of us dating, and um, we dated for three years, mm-hmm. wow. three and a half years. Um, I broke up with him how many times? Just one? Right? <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't keep record. But I was truly like, you know, after you come out of a divorce, and you think you're going to blend, and you start, mar- and then you get scared, and then you're like, I don't want to make the same mistakes. Right. And, um, there's just so much fear involved in that process. Um, 
I got really scared at one point. And then I remember I was just coming to really uh, start knowing God and reading the Bible and things of that sort. And I remember very one night in a conversation with him as I'm trying to get my life back together, he's like, why don't you think that you're worthy of like, you know, having a good marriage and this guy that I brought you and this good relationship. And so I was like, mm. I guess you're right. I really have never been at this point in my life with, you know, God is my father with these experiences. How do I possibly know what I'm capable of? So Mm. Um, yeah so we started dating and we dated about four years yeah you know the, the the first year was you know very tumultuous as we were going through our divorces and stuff um like meaning like finishing them legally right um you know and um you know it was in the midst of all that that we both really found Jesus and that like trans you know that the transformation for me was maybe a little slower just because I'd spent you know 38 years in prodigal living and <laughs> resisting his obvious hand on my life and um you know after um you know we had been together for a while we started going to church and um started leaning into that's something I really want and wanting to serve at church. Mm -hmm. um, and it was through that, that sort of process that um, God and our pastor kind of like <laughs> broke down the, so why aren't you guys, you know, getting married? You know, it's been, you know, a few years and what would you do if you were, you know, going to start to struggle or, or anything like that anyway. And so we started mm -hmm. like being honest with that and, you know, in the midst of preparing for marriage and going through some of the, the coursework at work at church, you know, that was when God really found my heart. And, you know, I started reading the word and um, understanding what his call for us was and for me. And, um, you know, at the same time, um, you know, God prepared my heart for Mindy, for our family, for him. Um, and thankfully, you know, in the, in the midst of our marriage, he also prepared me for the the crises that was ahead because um, shortly after getting married, you know, my um, ex-wife decided that there was a lot of um, things that she was unhappy with, um, probably, you know, as, you know, Ron Deal and his um, material describe how um, that loss cycle affects people at different, you know, transition points. That one must have really got to her us getting married and so um it, it kicked off this huge cycle of um courtrooms and mm. battles and things that you know without the peace of christ i would have really probably spiraled downward right mm. so he, he saved not only me but our marriage and our family and um you know now six years later we can see the the evidence of walking that storm with him mm. instead of um without him you know i can only right. imagine what the outcome would have been if we if i didn't have him so yeah, yeah. absolutely absolutely he, he thank truly, you guys for being truly saved and redeemed me in the mm -hmm. midst of you know a blended family so yeah absolutely and I, I appreciate you guys being so open and honest about that that's something that i think it's important for um, our listeners to hear is that uh, every blended family struggles and no matter what it may look like from the outside, you know, we talk about kind of the, the Instagram reality versus the actual reality. And it's, yeah. it's real easy to just post happy pictures on uh, social media and the internet, but um, you know, beneath it may be, it may be a lot tougher than, than what it looks like. And so it's good it's for always, people to realize it's not that. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. It is always tougher. That's very true. Yeah. Um, 
and, and, and again, I think it's good for other people to realize uh, just what some of those struggles are because different guests, one thing I found, um, and I say this a lot on, on a lot of different episodes, listeners know this, but almost everybody that I've talked to and connected with that works with blended families, the reason they do that is because they have had a difficult blended family experience and so they want to help other people. And I think that's uh, a wonderful thing. I appreciate uh, people who do that. So again, I thank you guys for your work and your ministry. And, and again, just being willing to share, these were some of the struggles we had um, so that people can connect with that and, and really resonate with that. I think that's good. Um, yeah. Speaking of we that, really, one, oh, sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say on the ministry standpoint, um, mm-hmm. you know, blended families all look so different. It's It's just such a a buffet, you know, and in our yeah. current blended family, we have a, a couple that has, you know, she brought three kids, they had one together. Then we have a couple that, you know, he, he brought one and they, it's just, there's all these different dynamics. And then we yeah. have one that's, you know, been married for 25 years. And yet the commonalities that flow between in the frustrations and mm-hmm. the ability for us to serve each other, it all boils down to these basic principles of, self-sacrifice, loving people that you didn't create, paying for things that you don't get to see where they go. <laughs> you know, it, it all really um, centers around the nucleus of these same core issues in, in every blended family. So mm-hmm. um, to your point about wanting to serve, um, I think that's a beautiful thing in a blended family ministry is that some of those key issues remain no matter what the family dynamic looks like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I think you're right. And, and you said it very well. Every blended family is unique. They're all going to have uh, differences in terms of what he brought and what she brought and maybe what, what they've put together, but, um, you know, different ages of kids and, and backgrounds. And, but there are certain truths. There are certain commonalities that once you boil it down to that, okay, well, now we can, we can figure out how to move forward because, yes, it's how it applies may look different in your world but the truth remains the truth with a capital T. And so let's figure out how that needs to apply in your, in your particular situation. Um, speaking of some of those things, what, what is one of the uh, biggest blended family challenges that you guys have faced and how did you overcome or address that? That's a really good question. You know, um, I, how do we pick just one? <laughs> right. That's yeah. yeah that's so, actually a pretty common refrain is can we go with two or seven? <laughs> His and hers. <laughs> yeah, right. And maybe that's actually the right way to answer this. And maybe that we do it that way. Is, um, yeah, absolutely. You know, but but even for both of us, you know, one thing we really do experience is the other households are mm-hmm. just function on completely different sets of values and, and rules. Um, and and so it puts our, our kids in this like space of especially when or transitioning, um, you know, they have to figure out, okay, I'm going to a different place and with a different set of rules, you know, different parenting style and all those things. Um, and so, you know, it, it's impossible to avoid because probably the reason why you got divorced from that person is that you just disagree on a whole swath of topics. And one of them is often money and parenting and mm-hmm. there are, you know, huge challenges in, in um, blended families, you know, but like just dealing with the, the, what is the, the kids, what are the kids experiencing in the other household? You know, what kinds of content are they able to consume? What kind of values are they being taught? You know, how does that affect 
their faith journeys and you know sometimes it you know it just arrows from the enemy just come straight into our family and you know we experienced a lot of that from both sets of um um co-parents and mine in particular i don't know what, yeah. what well i think the common issue that was the biggest is that we had one one kid that didn't want to go to the other household like mm -hmm. adamantly and when they get older and bigger than you it's hard to strap them in the car and then we had another kid that didn't want to come to our household and so we had this dynamic of trying to figure out how do we love this child mm -hmm. through the fact that we feel offended and hurt and mm -hmm. we're paying money for everything that they have and they won't come see us and you know how do, do we just step back do we step in what's the right amount so mm -hmm. i think that the classic um, prodigal son analogy is really what has happened to us in both sides of mm -hmm. our scenario. So we had one kiddo that we didn't see for two years, mm -hmm. um, on and off uh, for about two years. Um, and slowly, we're happy to report that there is a lot of redemption and joy. And the I think it's been called a rubber band. I don't know if you ever heard the rubber band effect, but the farther that they're just pulled back and pulled back and pulled back. And then as soon as they kind of release, and start mm -hmm. to find their own truth and let go. They just propel so far. Mm -hmm. um, so there's been a lot of healing um, that's happened with that kiddo. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. that's been encouraging. But I would say that's the hardest thing is I don't want to go, and I don't want to come. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I yeah. just want to stay. And it, you know, embroiled in both of those scenarios is you know all of the things um, that are just kind of typical in the blended family. You know, struggles, right? Of you know communication and um you know money and you know other things that you're having to talk to that other family or co-parent about um and so you know one of the it's it's the how do we you know reduce the conflict in all those situations um it took me a, a few years of figuring out the way I liked to do things and control things and communicate mm -hmm. was only escalating um, the conflict. And so I really had to really relearn yeah. how to communicate with this person that I'd spent, you know, 10 years married to and never communicated well with in marriage. And mm -hmm. now, you know, struggling in, you know, you know, the, the co-parenting yeah. conversations and things and, um it really took a lot of um work by god in me to like humble myself mm -hmm. um to be able to communicate in a way that brought that as that conflict down for a long enough period of time where um the the war really stopped right the right. battle just ceased because you know you can't just do that one time and go oh we're good <laughs> right you have to do it consistently yeah over and over eat that just uh, <laughs> just eat it <laughs> yeah yep yeah and and listeners i want to repeat that one of the biggest things that we need to keep in mind is that you're not going to solve anything just once it's going to keep cropping up sometimes blended family life problems feels like a game of whack-a-mole right you figure something out and something else pops up and you hit that one and something else you, i just hit that one it that's just how it is you just got to keep revisiting those same things and hopefully you use a better method than just hitting it on the head um, although there may right. be times when that's the preferred method. I don't necessarily, you know, I don't necessarily recommend that. Only it struggles with the kids. <laughs> that's, that's exactly right. That's okay. Sometimes it's a pillow. Sometimes it's a shovel, whatever. Gorilla <laughs> 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 Absolutely. I like that idea too. 
Um, We've never used a toilet tape on our kids yet. So, well, I, look, there's a first time for everything. So it's all right. <laughs> I mean, wait, no, I wasn't supposed to say that. That's my bad. Um, so I, my next question is actually one of my favorites that I ask because the, the, the first question is always hard. Like, what's the biggest thing you've struggled with? And um, I'm glad to hear those and share those because other people need to know that they're not alone. Uh, but I also love to share the joy. So what's one of the best blended family experiences or memories that you guys have? Um, I had a, a revelation a little ways into our um, blended family that one of the greatest things that we needed to do to make um, us really want to be together, which was mm -hmm. the goal. Because I, I just wanted us as a, the mom, stepmom, I just wanted everybody to come to the dinner table and be happy to be there. Um, and I realized that we needed to create more opportunities for the siblings to become friends. Hmm. And that was hard in the beginning. Um, and I think every parent's goal and joy, and it's such a testimony to your parenting, if you can get your kids to like each other and want to spend time together. And that was something that we really had to force opportunities for them to do so, um, especially in the be beginning of our blending. And so I began creating, uh, we would go camping, you know, blended families typically inventing. You don't have a lot of money flowing around as half of it's going out the door to other households and vice versa. Um, so we would do some, some camping events and I used to set up these like games for the kids where it was like, you know, who can shoot the most this and who can mm -hmm. do the most that. And it was competitive. And, um, I remember significantly one camping trip where I was like, what if what if we do, yeah, he remembers the campground we were at. Like, what if we do a game where they all have to work together to get mm -hmm. the prize? Yeah. And it was kind of a simple thing, but when we set up this relay race for them, um, they just, they cheered for each other. They got excited for each other. They wanted to be on the same team and help each other. Mm -hmm. I mean, it really became something that I started to be able to do more and more in our household was mm -hmm. look for those uncomfortable opportunities to force them to figure out how to like each other and get along. Um, and I will say that it now, man, in the last year, our kids are thick as thieves. I mean, <laughs> one kid leaves and goes to the other one's house and they're literally on FaceTime before they even get to the other parent's house. But you just saw her. Yeah. <laughs> what are you doing? Um, so it's really been rewarding to see our kids around the corner of competition into mm -hmm. friendship and fellowship. And I think some of those things early on, um, that realization that they, when they realize that they are a team and they can work together as a team to achieve great things, they really create more of that sibling type bond. And, and I think to, you know, follow up with that, that, and, and Ron kind of talks about this as well in his slow cooking, you know, analogy about finding common grounds and experiences. But, you know, we started out with camp, a lot of camping trips and, and you know, trips here and there but as we created traditional things and trips you know so um in the winter it's a snow trip around christmas in the summer it's a trip to the lake and you know some camping and stuff but being consistent every year to do those things and especially early on really almost re require the kids mm -hmm. to participate and creating those memories together i mean mm -hmm. For me, one of the, the, the most precious memories is when we went on a, a trip for spring break, just, you know, we, we had a place up in Washington that we, we went to called Lake Chelan, and we went on a long hike together, just, you know, the eight of us, and it was just the testimony, like, I, 
I mean, I still think of walking along the snow ridge and, you know, just having God's scripture in my mind about stepping to the left or right because the kids would, would run and they would go off to the side of the path and they'd get their feet wet and they'd get all slowed down and murky. And it was like the, the, the analogy of the, the, you know, God's path. And mm. if, you, if you follow it, you make steady progress. It may not be a straight line or whatever, but when you went off and did your own thing, you know, and, and Aiden made, you know, um, pine needle tea and created this little fire. <laughs> and, you know, there's this like experience that occurred that it was, it was just a, a joyful memory. And everyone remembers a lot. M many of our trips had moments where all of them together often reminisce about. It. And it's those connections that mm -hmm. ultimately helped achieve what Minnie talked about, about them becoming friends and having bonds together that mm -hmm. you have to create. If you don't create those moments together um, just as a family, you know, they will get sucked into their media or their mm -hmm. friends or their other household. And, you know, um, we call it um, triple F, horse, family, fun, get in the car. Yeah. So yeah our, uh, they just know they're like, oh, great. It's triple F time. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. That's, um, I know we talked ahead of time, uh, Scott, about soccer coaching a little bit. Yeah. Um, have you, have you read a book called the Messiah method by, uh, Scott Zigarelli or Michael Zigarelli? Please send that to me. I, I, it's a, he, so he's a business professor, but a high school soccer coach. Um, but he's a business professor at Messiah college, uh, up in Pennsylvania. And it's called the Messiah method. And it's wonderful. It's funny that you mentioned the, what brought it to my mind is, uh, Mindy, you mentioned forced family fun. That's actually something that the coaches at Messiah college do with their teams. They call it forced family fun time where oh. in the off season, all the players get together and, and it's, it's not really optional. It's optional, but not really. And they have to get together and they'll do like board game night or they'll go to an arcade or stuff like that because what you said is a hundred percent true. And I thought to myself, man, if I'd been smart, I would have been applying this in my own blended family for years, but you have to create opportunities for cooperation, collaboration, because healthy competition can be good, but really it also can, you know, I'm, I don't know about you guys, but like I'm ultra competitive. And so me and my brother competing was never going to end happily for anyone. Um, <laughs> You know, and we're, we're biological. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, let's just leave it with my parents bought me a punching bag when I was 15. Um, and so that was, that was helpful to me. But I love that you guys you do that. <laughs> well, and, you know, he's, he's actually older than me. But, yeah, it was, it was mostly to save the doors that got punched and the, the walls that got kicked and that kind of thing. But I love that you mentioned that forced family fun because I think what you said there is such a great idea to – and it, it, it doesn't have to cost a lot of money. But no. what are some projects that they can do together? Uh, I love that you mentioned creating a, a relay race for them because they're having to work together, cheer for each other. And, and it, what you find is when you start doing that, you want to continue doing that. You find it's, it's not actually that hard to cheer for my stepbrother. It's not hard to cheer for my stepsister because I want them to succeed too because we're on the same team. If they win, I win. And that's, exactly. I think that's such a great great idea i love i love i love that even early on we would create i mean we had six kids so you could create teams of three or teams of two and mm -hmm. try to make sure that there was kids from both sides and all that yep. stuff it still was competition mm -hmm. and it, that that like little paradigm shift really just like 
really put the pieces in together where like you said you know you said it very well that they, they're collaborating they're they realize i want them to succeed right, right? not just you know for my own benefit but for theirs we yeah. used a lot of tools too about developing personal strengths i don't know if you've ever talked about any of those on your show um in no, our not really yeah, in our merge ministry, um, we talk about something called Who's Who in the Family Zoo, which is, I think, a Gary Chapman. hope I got that right. No, that's, um, that's five. Oh, five Love Languages is Gary mm -hmm. Chapman. Who's yeah. Who is um, Smalley, Gary Smalley. Okay. Um, is the Who's Who in the Family Zoo. And that's a super fun um, just assessment of personalities, like who's the leader, who cares about details, who just wants everybody to have fun. And when we would do some of that work, we do it, um, it's actually a chapter in what we teach and they discover these things about their families. And then when you set up a, an objective for the family, you're like, okay, you know, this person wants to have fun. So you're in charge of your team's theme song. And this nice. person, you know, just cares a lot about details. So you're in charge of everyone's shoe sizes, you know, so you kind <laughs> of assign them roles yeah. that they get excited about and you know, you're in charge of making sure everyone does what they're supposed to do, which one of our kids really likes to do. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. So it's fun to do those kinds of love languages, who's who, any, people do mm -hmm. Enneagrams these days. Mm -hmm. um, makes them feel seen and heard in a blended yeah. family where it's so easy for kids to shrink back and feel lonely. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that. And listeners, I'm going to put a link in the show notes to all these different resources that we mentioned. That one was Who's Who in the Family Zoo by Gary Smalley. Uh, we'll make sure to put a link in there about that one as well. Um, now I think that I, I love that. I, I love your positive attitude about it in the sense of there, uh, we could go down one path of competition and frustration, or we could go down this other path of trying to create purposeful opportunities to succeed and to grow closer together. Because, uh, you know, C.S. Lewis said it really well in Mere Christianity. He talks about how you find that if you mistreat someone, you come to hate them more. And, you know, he was doing that. He was writing this during World War II, and he gave the obvious example of the Nazis and the Jews. And he said, listen, the, the Nazis didn't mistreat the Jews because they hated them, right? They, they already disliked the Jews, and that's why they mistreated them. But when they mistreated them, that's when it grew into hatred, right? Mm. And that's what – when you treat someone badly, you find that you like them even less. When you treat someone well, you find that you like them more, or at least you dislike them a little bit less. Yeah. And I, I, I love that concept. I like that a lot. Beautiful mm -hmm. analogy, because because then shame enters in, and yep. everybody brings so much shame already to blended families, especially if they haven't, you know, surrendered it and recognized mm -hmm. that they're broken. We all make mistakes, and if they're carrying that shame, um, it just creates more moments of hatred and bitterness, resentment, deeper anchored of wrongs, and it doesn't feed the the family unit very well. Right, and and that that, you know, goal or technique of forced family fun also permeates littler things right mm -hmm. so it's, it's dinner time you know making sure we make sure that when especially it's a it's a um, transition night or the, the weekend in which all the kids are together that we make sure we sit down and eat dinner and we have even a 20-minute conversation or we go out to the fire pit and sit around the fire pit and make sure that people just sit for a little while you know yeah so even that idea it's so important in just regular little things too to make sure that they stay connected, you know. Right. And I mean that that's true in a in a nuclear family, but in a blended family, when you have have transition, people, lots of different like combinations of kids around, it, it becomes super important. Right. You know. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. 
All right. So um, I gave you guys a copy of the Ten Commandments for Blended Families ahead of time to uh, to look through. Having done that, which one of those Ten Commandments do you guys see people struggle with the most, and what kind of wisdom would you share with them? Hmm. I am um, hands down a believer that the the biggest reason people don't get out of the struggle is because they don't want to. They've become addicted to the victim cycle, mm-hmm. and they've decided that if if I'm okay and I'm not angry at you, then what do I do? Like, where do, what do I, where do I go? What, what do I, what's next? Mm-hmm. And so there's this, this very um, significant dysfunction of you did this and you did that. And I don't have this. And it's a sense of self-worth that people begin to, I guess, identify with. Mm-hmm. Um, so the two that I, I really love the most is to, is the optimism, believe the best in people mm-hmm. and the gratitude. Um, mm. For me, I developed a tool early on called gas not the 2D kind, (laughs) the like car kind. So when I feel defeated as a mom, as a stepmom in my family, my uh, recipe to get back into feeling like I have energy is gratitude, attitude, and servitude. So Mm. I think of things I'm grateful for. I'm grateful I have a great partner um, to help me through this crazy time and my husband. Um, I, I have a home, I have a job, whatever it is, the simplest thing. I'm having a good hair day anything (laughs) like okay gratitude and then attitude i get to choose my attitude so i control my thoughts and so i want to be hopeful i i believe god has a plan for all this i believe that he's good and then service i'm just gonna start serving somebody so Mm. you know when scott sees me um ferociously cleaning the toilet or scrubbing the floor he knows that i have (laughs) (laughs) it's one of those days one of those those days days. (laughs) i've got a gratitude attitude servitude babe but truly in that act of service I usually sort it out and I can get back into that space of positivity and optimism. So those are my two favorites. Mm-hmm. I think that the thing that a lot of um, co-parents, I think, fall into, um, like they get trapped by, is that the discretion um, mm-hmm. one have, right? That when communication breaks down and conflicts arising and, you know, all, whatever, there's something going wrong, you know, we tend to air that out with our kids, you know, mm-hmm. or ask them questions or try to like use them to resolve that within us or, you know, whatever, through, resolve the situation, whatever. And that is so damaging mm-hmm. um, to the kids, especially that um, it, it's, a, but it's an easy trap, right? And so the, the idea of how you maintain your self-control of, okay, I'm having a problem with their parent, with their mom or dad. Um, and, but that's between me and them. And no matter how upset I may be, I have to get myself in control, you know, try to let it go. What, you know, when I have the kids with me and it's my time to, to spend time with them so that it doesn't then permeate that um, experience with them um, and really fight that temptation to, you know, use them to, try to resolve my inner conflict right and so make um, the kids a prisoner of war right but your your number one you know about communicate well i mean that that's truly the like the the basic most essential thing is you know finding the way to communicate with the co-parent of you know um and with the kids right in the most effective 
and way and, and, it, and it varies from the standpoint if it has to be business like business like if it's text only text only you know right but, you know you have to figure that out so that you can again reduce the, the conflict mm-hmm. um in the, in the relationship so. yeah Absolutely. we love your list it's wonderful if your listeners you. don't have it they should get it yeah <laughs> thank yeah. you very much that was um something I came up with a few years ago uh, in preparation for a conference I was speaking at and basically sat down for a number of days and kind of went through every mistake I had ever made in the <laughs> past few years and was like, okay, so what would have been the better response? Yeah. Um, you know, that communication also is extremely important between, you know, your, your now spouse, right? Yeah. I mean, so often we also are dealing with the problems and stuff that are going on with the, the other co-parent. And we forget that, you know, our spouses aren't in our minds. They're not, you know, sitting next to us all day long right. as we're dealing with that. And so we need to make sure that they're in the loop and, you know, that they can advocate with us and for us in those situations. And, mm-hmm. You know, too easy to forget to do that, even whether intentionally or not. Yeah, absolutely. And I don't necessarily appreciate being called out like that, but that's uh... <laughs> That is something that I've been guilty of as well. Had some good conversations with my wife recently because of uh, not doing those things. So awesome. It's easy to do, man. Kids are just, I think they should be Perry Mason. I don't know if anybody else is Perry Mason, but it's just like, they just the way that they can like get in things and figure them out and, you know, good cop, bad cop, dad Mm -hmm. said, mom said, stepmom said, so-and-so said. Um, it is challenging and boy, if the enemy just wants to pull your marriage apart mm-hmm. and Scott very early on, um, chose a tool for our marriage. Um, that was, you know, you mentioned the competitiveness of you mm-hmm. earlier on, um, in this and he, you know, he's like, let's compete to see who can step into the conflict first. Right. So he'll usually give me about 48 hours and I try not to take that long when I am having <laughs> moments. Um, and then it's like, okay, we got to resolve this. Like it's you and I against this problem, Mm. not this problem and us against each other. Mm. So, and who's right. So how do you and I get on the same page so we can solve the problem together? Because that is one thing that if your kids think that they have a hold on your marriage and that your, your marriage is not steady anymore, they've already lost trust in the Mm. unity of man wife and the covenant and the commitment they're already struggling with that mm-hmm. if you're not role map role modeling a really serious commitment to each other in your home you know everything else on your list and in my opinion everything else in your family is subpar because they're it's still on shaky ground they're like mm-hmm. is it are you really going to stay together does it right. really matter um so for us you know i think that that communicate is what hits us in the marriage mm-hmm. part of it and making sure that we take time to do that mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you guys said that really well, that there's so much that starts with communication because it factors into every other area of it. But I love what you said about um, coming together, the two of you, in order to solve the problem. It's not the problem, and then you two are trying to figure out who's right. It's, okay, how can we figure this out together? Because I know that's something that uh, often gets lost. Like you mentioned, in blended families, it's, it's really easy for that communication between husband and wife to just take a back seat. And, um, and, and that's going to, that's going not, not can it lead to, pro- it will lead to problems. And in a blended family, it's probably going to lead to disagreements even faster than it would in a nuclear family or a traditional family, because yeah. it's just, okay. they're so much more complex. Um, more cooks in the kitchen. That's exactly right. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
Okay, so as we're wrapping up here, just a couple uh, other quick questions. Um, what's your one best wisdom or uh, advice or tip or strategy that you guys have come across or share with blended families? And, and it, it may be, of course, family fun, I'll be honest, because I think that's excellent. Yeah. <laughs> I think the big switch happened for us in our household um, when we really began to realize the idea that I am not stepmom. First, I am, I began to approach my stepkids as I am married to your father. Mm -hmm. So I'm the person married to your dad. And so because of that, this is what I'm trying to do. Mm -hmm. Instead of I have a parental maternal responsibility mm -hmm. to get you to take your vitamins. <laughs> so yeah. um, I think that pivot for me was really critical in my step parenting. I stopped owning their successes and failures mm. and feeling like I was responsible for them because that was only creating, you know, it's hard enough to have two parents in your life, but you know, to have four, if you've got over aggressive step parents, um, it's too much for a kid. It's just mm. too much. So no wonder they lash out. So I really um, had a big pivot when I began to position myself in my step kid's life as I'm married to your dad. And so because of that, these are the things that we may expect. Um, and the other transition I think that happened was, you know, I think so many people divorce and then they want to recreate a family. And so they think they're just going to remarry and recreate a family. Your original family is gone. You can never have it back. And yeah. every amount yeah. of energy, tears, pain, frustration you give to trying to get back that dynamic of we have a dad and a mom, bio mom, bio dad, you look like me and you look like me, it's never gonna happen. So we had to come to the realization that our family has to parent differently. So mm. he parents his kids and he does so in connection with me um, in a lot of ways. And you know the parenting dynamic is a huge part of what I think breaks up blended marriages. Mm -hmm. So that was a really big, um, that was a really big shift. The second big shift that I think that we had to make as well. Maybe you can talk more about that too. Yeah, I mean, I would just, um, maybe the, the drilling on that is um, the, who does the disciplining, right? Mm -hmm. One of the things that um, we figured out after kind of digging in deep with, you know, Ron's content and, and teaching about this is, um, the bio parent has to do the, the discipline of their kids. And when the step parent tries to do that, unless, you know, the only exception is safety, right? I mean, right. there are certain like safety things that, you know, you, you don't run across the street, you know, you got to put your seatbelt on, you know, wear a helmet, whatever that is, right? You know, sans those things, everything else, the, the misbehaviors, the consequences, all, those have to be delivered by the bio parent. And I had, you know, the I'm the, I'm the dad in the house. So I'm going to, you know, set down the law in all these situations. And it, it was going sideways left and right. And when mm -hmm. we figured out that what we needed to do is just not worry about the consequences immediately. Instead, step back, talk to each other, agree on the consequence. Because sometimes my thought and her thought would get them anyway about those consequences. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of times. And so we would work out what is the right thing the right consequence for that child for that behavior and then go in and deliver it together but i don't say anything mm -hmm. right and likewise with my kids because i only got them you know three or four nights every other week it's not like i can really do a ton of like deep 
consequence parenting because they leave in two days and they're gone for 10 and I can't follow through anyway, right? So yeah. I really had to really be careful about that as well. But, you know, if it was a immediate, you know, situation that had to be done, you know, I was still the one that like stepped into my kids. And, mm -hmm. and that, that shifted a lot of things in our household mm -hmm. so quickly when we just made that little approach difference mm -hmm. um and it just improved all of our relationships mm -hmm. yeah, significantly yeah. yeah and to the fact where the kids were trained enough to say okay i know you have to go talk to scott about this but could you <laughs> please think about blah 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 you know and yeah. that was confirming to me i didn't yep. feel you know like i wasn't important or alienated right. or anything but i felt like good they're finally getting to see because that is why so many remarry because we want to show our kids a healthy marriage yeah because we want them to have a chance at a whole home and yep. an original family and so when i began to see some of those behaviors i thought okay they're actually seeing the way that a, a man and wife should parent together which mm -hmm. is together yeah yeah that's awesome um, that's awesome. All right. So uh, last couple of questions. Um, what is your favorite or most recommended blended family resource? I know you guys um, you have a ministry at your church. What are some of the things that you guys use? Can you tell that Scott likes Ron Deal? I can, and I wholeheartedly <laughs> support him. <laughs> no, we do. He was one of the first uh, resources that we found and uh, use in our ministry. Mm -hmm. um, and then we also, for podcasts, um, we love Courageous Parenting which isn't a blended family podcast, but it is really, you know, sometimes we forget that we still just need to understand how kids think and why they do what they do and what they need from the adults in their life. Um, so we've really enjoyed courageous parenting. Um, Truth Love Parent is a very, um, if you are engrossed in scripture and can really, um, really desire to understand God's will for being an intentional family, um, Truth Love Parent talks a ton about being ready for when your kid sins. So if this is the sin, this is the Bible verse that you correct that with, and this is how you get them back into goodness and wholeness and healing. So we've learned a lot with being ready for scenarios that our kids are, they just, it's inevitable. They kids just, are kids. Kids are kids. They're seeing things, they're saying things, they're doing things. <laughs> We're trying to go, go this way. Um, so I think those are three big ones. I love Laura Pretherbridge, the smart step mom. Um, and then I also belong to, there's a Facebook group called the joyful, um, joyful Christian Stepmom, I think it is, um, that I just love. There's lots of conversation. People ask for prayer and advice. Um, you know, and like to what we talked about early on when we started was so much of it boils down to the same principle, loyalty issues, broken trust, mm -hmm. um, loneliness, you know, people not, not trusting God, deciding that they want to take measures into their own hands. Um, Scott's point earlier about the parenting together, mm -hmm. I think that's the thing and why we love the Bible and God so much for directing our home is because when we don't agree and the kids don't agree, you know, any of those things, if we're all trying to point to Jesus, we, it's a triangle and yeah. we kind of, we end up at the same places right? and that creates that unity because we're in agreement of what the overall absolute truth is of what we should be doing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's, I think that's wonderful. And, and listeners, all of those uh, resources that she mentioned, books and podcasts and people, I'll put links in the show notes so that you guys can go check those out as well. Um, what's the best way for our listeners connect to connect with you guys and learn more about your story, your work, your ministry? 
Oh, thank you for asking that. Um, we're both on social media. Mm -hmm. um, we have Scott and Mindy on Instagram at Step Family Stuff, and we're on Facebook there. Um, we occasionally make a couple of fun videos, um, but typically just are kind of sharing our adventures and our, our journey there. Um, and then we, Scott's at um, Scott Harden 11 at Instagram. If you are looking for someone to give you a daily dose of scripture, he's your guy. Nice. Yeah, <laughs> um, listeners, I just went and followed him when we connected for this episode, so I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, so he's, he's great at that. Um, and I'm at Mindy Mama, so I'm also an entrepreneur, so my posts vary between mom, stepmom, entrepreneur, business, crazy mm -hmm. inventions, um, you know, and what's for dinner. Nice, <laughs> so, there you go. And, and, yeah. and that does, the, re the reason why I have those is, that, you know, my, my uh, number one resource is truly the word every day. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I listen to um, Through the Word, which is uh, an app for, on my phone. Um, that just is a journey through it. It kind of just helps me understand more of what God's trying to tell me in, in his word. And it is 100% that that has pulled me through every day's problems, every mm -hmm. season's problems and, and whatnot, because, you know, it's just quite amazing how I'll just read something in a day that it's like, I know God, I gotta be walking mercy and <laughs> darn it. Yeah, yeah, thanks. Yeah, my wife and I were leaving church this past Sunday and, and we were talking about how sometimes you sit in the church service and it's like, I get it, God. You're halfway through the sermon. You're going, Okay. That was for me. <laughs> yep. That's and that's how it is sometimes. And that's what through the word is. It's almost like a daily sermon, but you okay. know, it's only like nine minutes at most if you okay. only so awesome. All right, so this is what I'd like to end on. Um, and again, listeners, all of those links will be in the show notes, the apps, and, and their uh, social media and all those things. So definitely go and connect with Scott and Mindy and check out what they're up to. Um, for you two guys, the, the last thing I'd like to end on is this lightning round. It's just some silly questions to end on a, uh, on a bit of laughter and, and also because I feel very strongly about some of these. So hopefully your answers are the correct ones. Um, That's already <laughs> dancing, so he's excited. Lightning round, Good. Fun. <laughs> All right. Okay. So number one, if you have to pick one of these three as your favorite, Lord of the Rings, Narnia, or Harry Potter, what do you go with? Harry Potter. I don't do, I, none of them. I'm not a, I'm not a Potter reader. She would be Narnia. Okay. Know. All right. Well, that's good. There's Harry Potter. Okay. That, that's good. We love them all in my house. So that, that's yeah. good stuff. Um, I love Lord of the Rings most, but Harry Potter's okay. That's good. I, I had a long time, just a joy for Lord of the Rings. And, but just recently, I think I, I enjoyed the, the Harry Potter series a, a little more and can watch it with the kids. Yeah. In that, in so Lord of the yeah. Rings, we, not everyone has seen yet. So yeah, that's I'll fair. Back to that there you go. Try to catch spells on the kids if that makes any sense. Yeah, good. Hey, look, it's worth Mark a shot. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I totally yeah. screwed that up, didn't I? No, you were pretty close. We'll give it to you. We'll give it okay, to you. Good. All right, Yay, number two. <laughs> number two, hot dogs or hamburgers? Hot dogs. Hamburgers. Nice. All right. Good. Anything with lots of mustard. Good. Ah. Well, yep. <laughs> oh, see, Joel has good taste. I'm fine with it. Look, I like it either way. That's good stuff. I, I think it's funny because that means that's good. That's more for you and more for him. Yes, exactly. exactly. That's perfect. Well done. All right, number three, boneless wings. Are they a real thing or are they just pretentious nuggets? Pretentious nuggets. Yeah. But they're really good. Agreed. 
a real thing or pretentious I mean, nuggets. I, I love I love me the traditional wings. Yep. When you want to eat them a little faster, you get them boneless. If you can yeah. take the bone out, why wouldn't you? Because they're not real wings. They're just <laughs> chicken nuggets with sauce on. I just it's don't understand. Nuggets. Yeah. Chicken it's it's overpaying for chicken nuggets. I just I don't know. Anyway, it's fine. It's fine. Uh, number four, dogs or cats? Dog. I love it. Um, and this is my third interview in a row where I've had dog interaction with the guest at the same time as the interview. It's been so much fun. Listeners, you can't see it, but they're beautiful. Is that a black lab? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> nice. Their beautiful black lab has been hanging out with him the whole time, just holding hands and, and sticking their face. I love it. My, my bulldog is actually um, sleeping in the room with me as I record podcasts right now. So. Oh, I love him. Yeah. He's our own, ours baby. So nice. Yeah. That's yeah. My wife and I have two dogs together, yep. uh, but butterscotch and bruiser and they're excellent. <laughs> I like it's things. a thing. Yeah. It's a total thing. That's exactly right. Um, okay. Last two questions. Number five, tea, sweet or unsweet? Unsweet. Unsweet. You guys are weird. All right. Um, <laughs> We're not from the South. Man. I know. That's true. That's you true. Know. It's okay. My dad was from Illinois. He drank tea unsweet. I thought he was weird too. Um, and then the last one. More of it that way. That's true. That's true. Yeah. All right. I mean, I guess that's okay. I drank hot tea while we were interviewing, so I guess that's okay too. I guess I should give that you as You can option. dip your boneless nugget in it. Oh. Oh. It's just, <laughs> that's just wrong. Oh. Okay. We may be done here. Um, last question. Uh, tell me one of your favorite quotes. Could be a, a scripture verse, a song lyric, a hymn lyric, a movie line. What pops into your head when you're just doing stuff or you're talking with your kids and, and things come out? The chief cause of failure and unhappiness is trading what you want most for what you want at the moment. Mm, that's great. My dad put that on my door when I was a teenager pretty much every day. <laughs> nice. Can you, can you say it one more time for our listeners? The chief cause of cause of failure and unhappiness is trading what you want most for what you want at the moment. Wow. Do you have a source for that? Other than like, do you know where your dad may have gotten that Other from? Other than my dad. I've actually Googled it and turned it into a couple of, um, you know, word images and things like that. But mm. I don't know if it, if it has an origin. Cool. So for All me, right. it's Mindy's dad. I like that. Like, I'm going to put Mindy's dad. I like Mindy's that. Dad. He will appreciate that. He was a school, he was a Principal for 25 years. God bless him. You, I would not want to be an administrator any more than I'd want to be an elementary teacher. Ugh. Well, Jan, you're a teacher too, Joel. His other famous one was turn your hat around and point it towards your future. Nice. <laughs> My dad was not a big fan of the backwards hat wearing. That may have been a generational thing. Um, I think so. Yep. Yeah. Yep. That's Pull excellent. your pants up. Your grades will follow. Nice. <laughs> I gotta don't write all those down. <laughs> those are great. I got to figure out one for tuck your shirt in because that's the big one I have to do it at our school. Um, oh man! Yeah, I totally wrote down What's Mindy's your... dad. By the way, that's awesome. Good, good. I'll tell him in case he gets royalty or anything. I'll talk Ab yeah, there you go. Absolutely. Tell him to listen to the podcast. <laughs> so you, you get a plug at the very end, so you got to stick around. <laughs> you have to listen to the whole thing. <laughs> that's right. That's exactly right. Um, listen, Mindy and Scott, it's been absolutely wonderful to have you guys on the show. Thank you very much for your time, for sharing your, your experiences, and uh, would love to have you back on the show at some point in the future. But thank you again for coming on. Thanks for having thank us. You. We feel honored that you would share our stories. May God bless your work. It's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Thank, thank you. you thank you. Thank us. you. Yeah. It's been a great time. Um, we your lives together. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, listeners, thank you guys for tuning in and make sure you come back next week for another episode of 10 CBF, a podcast for blended families.
Thanks again for listening to this week's episode of 10CBF, a podcast for blended families. If you feel this was helpful, please subscribe and then like and share the interview. If you'd like to contact me directly, feel free to reach out through the show's website on Anchor or via social media. You can find me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn, and I'd love to hear from you. Last, if you'd like a free copy of any of my blended family resources, be sure to check out my website at stepdadding.com. In the meantime, walk worthy and Godspeed to you and your blended family.